Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Looking forward to the time that we're going to have together today. I've got my Bible open to First Chronicles chapter 29, starting in verse 11. It says, O Lord, you are great, mighty, majestic, magnificent, glorious, and sovereign all over the sky and earth. You, Lord, have dominion and exalt yourself as the ruler of all. You're the source of wealth and honor. You rule over all. You possess strength and might to magnify and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give thanks to you and praise your majestic name. You know, to get things started today, I wanted to do a couple of things. I wanted to read that verse because I've been thinking about that all day. And then also there was a prayer from uh, the White House that we would be in prayer for the efforts going on right now at the Supreme Court. So let me offer a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for uh, the president, and I pray that he turns to you and seeks refuge in you. Like all of us uh, people, we come and need to repent. So I ask that you uh, protect him, bless him, and surround him with your strength. Heavenly Father, please give him wisdom and discernment and how to not navigate the road ahead. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, let's get things started. You know, I always like to start my Mondays with my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa, Patrick Albanese. Patrick, welcome. Hey, I'm <laughs> always glad to be here. I'm always glad to be somewhere, actually. Now that yeah, I think about it. it's kind of true, isn't it? It is good. Uh, it's good to be somewhere. And I'm actually, I'm working on a musical right now. It's about uh, two uh, British pop stars that uh, uh, work together, and then eventually they have uh, a big rift between them. And uh, I, I, you might say I'm kind of borrowing from some Broadway powerhouses. It's called Whamilton. <laughs> did you see that coming? You saw that coming. I you? did see that coming, yes, yes. <laughs> so oh, I'm, I'm working on a class action lawsuit. I bought a, a mincemeat pie. turns out there's no meat in it. Plenty of mints, however. There's lots of mints. <laughs> I felt like that was deceptive advertising. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you? You know, I mean, we used to get the occasional fruit cake uh, for the holidays, which is exactly what. I don't know what's in it. Yeah, it, it was hefty though. Did you ever go? What is it? How are they able to pack so much weight into this into <laughs> well, cake? Why is it eleven pounds? That's what I want to know. Why is it eleven pounds? Did you ever get uh, those advent calendars? You know, oh, yeah. the chocolate advent oh, yeah. calendars. Yeah, those were great. Oh, they, you know, they were fantastic. But, of course, as a kid, I misunderstood the idea behind the advent calendar. I thought that as soon as the chocolate was done, Christmas began. <laughs> so, you know, about, yeah. about three days get it. I says, looks like uh, mom, dad, looks like Christmas is tomorrow. And really, all I want is a bottle of Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> yeah, you're we're not the brightest kid, for sure. I, I was not the brightest kid. But it, it turns out that, no, you're supposed to eat one a day. Yeah. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> But then, Did you know, you feel Christmas. foolish uh, enough times because you see warnings like I was in the grocery store when I was looking at the mincemeat thing. And there was uh, a warning on a really a can of peanuts that said, may, con- may contain peanuts. Warning, yes. may contain peanuts. Because you have to be very careful with peanuts because people with allergies, that could be very problematic. 
But yes, you're buying a can of peanuts. I would have thought that that would be kind of an assumed. I would think so, too. Or the nighttime sleep aid that has a warning that says may cause drowsiness. That's exactly why I'm buying it. (laughs) (laughs) I I buy my peanut butter for the peanuts. Yeah, it's like they'll even say, it says, you know, was uh, this was warning. This was produced in a factory that processes peanuts. It's like, hence the name (laughs) peanut butter. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite one, I think, is the one that was obviously the result of some guy, because it's uh, on the on the box that uh, you buy the your iron in. And it says, "Do not iron shirt while wearing it." I'm pretty sure that was a result result of some guy. Yeah, that had to be somebody must have tried it. I think I counted once. My I bought a step ladder, so it's not my real ladder; it's my step ladder. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it has eleven labels on it. Wow. And uh, I slipped on a label. (laughs) Oh, it's, uh, you know, I I get it that a lot of things are, uh, you know, for lawsuit prevention. But, uh, you know, I don't. Does that that hold up in court? Do you end up there and they say, look, we put a sticker on it. I I don't know. know, It feels like the whole world's run by lawyers. It is run by lawyers. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's, I guess you and I should have studied harder. No. Yeah, for sure. Now, which brings yeah, me to my topic I want to oh. talk to you about today, which is a big word. I don't know if you have a dictionary out, but you might want to grab one. It's the word repudiation. Repudiation. Yeah. Now we've been, I, we've been hearing that word forever. Now you oftentimes hear it. That's the word they use involving politics that the, the winner of yes. one election is the repudiation of the former administration. How long has that been going on? I think it's been going on since the word repudiation was invented. I believe the word repudiation was invented for the the transition from one White House to the next or one Senate or one Congress to the next. Because as far as I can go back in in my uh, limited recall memory, we've been hearing this. I mean, when um, let's see. Uh, we can go back to, let's say, Nixon was a repudiation of LBJ, really. Uh, I mean, it was just, this isn't, isn't going to happen. So you know what? <laughs> which was which LBJ was attached to Kennedy. So it would be the Kennedy-Johnson administration of which that would have been a repudiation of. Oop, did I lose you? Yep, he's gone. All right. Well, I think it might be uh, an okay time to take a little break. But uh, I assume we'll get him back on the line. He's uh, at his home studio in the prestigious city of West Des Moines, great state of Iowa. You never know what goes on uh, in the studio, but we'll take a little break. Be right back with Patrick Albanese. I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. All right, that's the theme song for my friend Patrick Albanese, who joins me on Mondays to get the week started. And uh, I think that serves us right, Patrick, for having that snappy banter. We, uh, we lose you. You're back, though. I, I believe I'm back. I, I could hear you the whole time I felt repudiated. <laughs> <laughs> you were indeed repudiated. Let's go back now. So you figure that Nixon was a repudiation of the Kennedy-Johnson administration. You could say that. Probably, and then I would guess. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. 
Gerald Ford pops in and then uh, Jimmy Carter gets elected. So that's a repudiation of, you know, all things Republican at that point in time. But four years later, Jimmy Carter is repudiated. And, and, and we've gone back and forth like this. And when, when President Obama won in 2008, he not only won the presidency, they had a, a supermajority in the Senate, 60 seats. They had a huge majority in the House. And people said, this is a repudiation of all things Republican. There will never be another Republican president. They will never have power again. Two years later, they took control of both houses. So uh, we, we do this back and forth thing. And I don't know if you could really say, oh, it's a pure repudiation of things. It's almost like we just get fatigue. Hmm. Go, let's give the other guys a chance. Things are, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's, it's, you don't see like baseball teams switching coaches, obviously, if they're having a winning record. But um, I think maybe just the way that the media portrays everything, we never know how good we've got it anyway. Mm -hmm. We're like, well, let the other guys go. I don't know. What, what could they do? How, how bad could it get? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's hard to follow it all, but I certainly don't think it's a repudiation. And be patient. You know, uh, it's 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 always going to flip flop. And I think you and I have had this conversation privately. I'm OK with a little bit of gridlock because the slower some of those people in Washington move with changing so much stuff, maybe the better for all of us. It's, uh, you know, uh, maybe the last thing we need is one hundred and fifty thousand new laws. Yeah, that's interesting. It's uh, it's true. I'm I'm concerned uh, that there is going to be. uh Going forward, fair uh, elections. I, you know, I, I assume that this election was um, fair for the most part. I think there there could have been some possible uh, problems in some states. I hope they get that worked out. That'd be nice. Well, you know, and and this is yes, I think there were problems, and it 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 is a surprise to me. It shouldn't be, and maybe I shouldn't say the word surprise. It's disturbing to me that we have this level of difficulty with matching up ballots with signatures and verifying ballots. I mean, you know, just try and go to the Department of Motor Vehicles with the wrong VIN number <laughs> and yeah. register a car. Yeah. Not only did they have it, all, they've got everything to say, you know, you tried to do this once back in Florida in 87. <laughs> this is unbelievable. You guys have unbelievable. You, you, we all have this like permanent record out there of every last thing we've done, every driver's license we've had. And yet when it comes down to, you know, ballots, they're like, well, let's just mail some out and people can mail them back in. And ah, if it doesn't have a name on it or a postmark that it got here in time or a, I don't yeah, take it anyway. It seems mm -hmm. you got to count everything. You, you say, why don't we have a better system than that? Uh, I, I remember back in the 2000 election with Florida, uh, you know, hundreds of votes is really what it boiled down to the entire campaign. And uh, a friend of mine said something. He said, both sides like this. I said, what? How could they possibly like this? Don't they want something accurate? He says, no, they all like questions. Now, hmm. I don't know. He's, I think maybe being a little bit on the negative side. But sometimes I wonder if a system doesn't get fixed because that allows both sides to be able to say, it's not fair. We're getting mm. cheated. Interesting. If they don't get what they want. Yeah. So when we look at Satan's strategy in life, and of course it's just to counterfeit everything God says that's true, so he'll take every one of the truths that God uh, promises and gives us, and he'll just flip-flop it. So uh, I would think that Satan's interest would never be any particular topic 
other than what can divide and cause people to hate and not love? Yeah, I I don't think he would maybe not even care who wins a presidency, for instance, as long as there's division and a bigger, the bigger the division, the better, the more they fight, the better. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, whether he's, you know, rooting for one side or the other, what he's rooting for is us to fight. Mm -hmm. So so what has been your response with, because you're on Facebook, of which I am not, so what has been yeah. the response with people on your Facebook timeline nowadays? Yeah, well, I, you know, a lot of it, like a lot of the things I get is people saying things like, look, if we can't agree to get along, then I can't be your friend anymore. So I get, it seems to be like a version of that, actually, where it's saying, <laughs> hey, 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 you know, all these years have passed. Hey, let's be friends again. In fact, uh, the other day, I, I just, I, you know, I'm not saying I was just, sometimes I, I'll write something up on Facebook that uh, is intended as a joke, and then I'll realize uh, that, gosh, that's not necessarily a joke, uh, for example, and I got a lot of responses from this. Um, the other day, I had put something up there like, uh, you know, how do you send can't we just get all get along message to people you've unfriended on Facebook uh, because of politics? Uh, because, you know, there's so many people saying, let's come together now, except uh, they've purged. And I saw people for the last six months proud of purging. I don't need you guys as friends. And now they have messages up of, uh, you know, of unity saying, hey, come on, let's get along. It's like, I'm not the one that, you know, <laughs> 86 people as friends. I don't know how how we we get to that i i'm appreciative that they you know want to make amends uh but um you know there's there there feels to be like a, an overtone of we can be friends as long as it's on my terms and i can't imagine going to i mean that's how we try to deal with god all the time isn't it you know we we love them when things are going our way and as well, soon as something goes our way we're going hey 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 buddy <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's there's a little, there's a little bit of that sense of disappointment that we would like God to cooperate co- cooperate with our program, and when He yes. doesn't, we feel a little bit discouraged. But yeah, that's certainly part of it. It's part of human nature, I think. I think it's part of human nature, and it it's it's maybe a good reminder of you know how failed we can be uh, as as humans if we find ourselves getting you know drawn down these paths. It's like, wait a minute, is is this not the exact plan that the enemy would like for me is to not even think about this. I mean, like think, think of some of those biblical characters that faced things much worse than you or I will ever face. And they maintained not in their faith, but their love for God and their trust in God. And, you know, a lot of the reason I think sometimes those stories in the Bible is like, buddy, what are you complaining about? That's the truth. Look at what happened here. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading from First Chronicles chapter 29 to get things started, but if I were just to read one more verse in uh, verse 15, it says, For we are resident foreigners and temporary settlers in your presence, as all our ancestors were. Our days are like a shadow on the earth without security. <laughs> yes. And, and as you know, uh, of course, and as we get older, um, as you get older, I, you know, uh, I so far not so much. Yeah. Well, you're not <laughs> no, aging, but, um, so as, that's good. As, yeah. As we get older, we start to realize not not just you know the impending like this is how it goes. Um, I, I think I sent you a video earlier today, and I'm, it's gone viral today. So I think a lot of people have seen it of uh, 
a woman in her 90s. I believe she was in her 90s when this video was shot. And she was uh, first ballerina at one of the opera houses in New York in the 60s. And she has Alzheimer's now. And uh, she's in a wheelchair and somebody put headphones on her and played Swan Lake. And she started to duplicate her exact moves from 60, you know, 50, 55 years ago. Yeah. They sort of uh, so, juxtaposed go, it next to a modern day ballerina doing the same moves in the in a dance for the same music, and I just had tears just pouring down my face. Yeah, but you look, you say this was somebody, and then they have some pictures at the end that were showing you this was her in her heyday, and you say fifty, just fifty years later, um, her memory's gone, and there's not a whole lot left, and you say, ouch, this is. The reality, you, you want to get right with God. You want to get right with God. Mm-hmm. And right now we're living in a world that wants to live apart from God. And it's uh, more and more challenging to uh, get people's attention apart from that culture and that world and say, boy, you have to get right with God. You you w- should and want to get right with God because, you know, the heart is the old uh, wind-up clock and one day it just stops ticking and then that's it. Yes. Well, do you think, though, that with the brazenness which, with which it seems like Satan works these days, that it becomes more apparent what's going on if you'll just take a brief moment to look at it, that, that the division of us people is the goal, to divide us from each other, to certainly separate us from God as, as, as often, as frequently as possible, to make us question everything good? Mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't it become more and more apparent? Do you, do, do you start to see it? We go, gosh, how did I miss all this before? Was it hidden better before? Well, yeah. Yes to, yes to both of that, I think. And then I, I see people not only wearing masks, which is important and smart and good, but they're also wearing a mask and looking at their phone, which is, is taking you even further away from having any kind of human interaction. And I certainly hope we don't go down that road and continue to the point where we decide it's just more, it's just easier not to talk to people at all. Yeah, I I, I think, you know, especially if you're dealing with maybe some older people who say, I'll take my chances because with my limited time left, I want to see those I care about. Uh, You know, I don't know. I I had a friend over, came by yesterday, haven't seen him in person. It's a mutual friend of ours. I haven't seen him in person since this whole thing began, say, you know, late February, early March. And, you know, he has his reasons. Uh, His mother and her husband are in uh, an assisted living facility. So he's, you know, extra cautious, as he should be. Uh, But uh, he came by because we were working on a little something together. And the delight in seeing, I I talked to him on the phone pretty frequently, but the the delight in seeing somebody face to face. We sat outside, we social distance, and uh, we had this great time together for a couple hours. The delight in seeing somebody face to face, the difference in seeing somebody face to face as opposed to a Zoom or just a phone call was huge. Yeah. And I, I, I think both of us left saying, what joy that is. We've been deprived of that joy. We deprived ourselves of it. We made, we made our right. choices. But it's like, no, I got to find a way to still have this joy in my life. Let's do it as safely as possible. But but don't deprive yourself of that joy. Mm, yeah, so true. So have your family start to formulate plans for Thanksgiving, which is not that far uh, away. Yeah, I think we're starting the fighting and the arguing earlier this year. Well, that's smart. No, I'm kidding. We, uh, <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> 
My, my sister-in-law, uh, as you know, um, she has muscular dystrophy. So we haven't seen her since February and she is, you know, not leaving, uh, her place and she doesn't want anybody up there. She has a compromised immune system. So unfortunately the whole family can't get together when we lost my wife's, uh, brother in the past year who also had muscular dystrophy. So we're, we're having a very small gathering of, uh, of family this year. And, you know, what's, what's kind of happened is it's a lot of, um, just the locals that we've been tending to each other anyway, because there's a lot of older people that need some help. And we figure, well, if anything's going around, we've already given it to each other. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but uh, we're going to make the best of it and we're going to try to zoom the rest of the family in. Well, that, yeah, that'll be good. Um, and your your wife's family, I don't know if we've talked about this before. I don't know if you've gotten permission to talk about it, but just the fact that you've mentioned that uh, she's lost a brother and has a, a sister that has muscular dystrophy. And another brother and another sister with, uh, she has four siblings with muscular dystrophy. Yeah, so four out of five kids in the family have muscular dystrophy. She is the only one that did not. Yeah. So uh, it's been uh, some rough years. Yeah, uh, and the dad as well. So, I mean, you talk about challenges that we all have, and there's difficulties in every family and every household, yeah. and we need to pray for each other, and we need to constantly be vigilant as to how we can help, how we can serve, how we can love, and how we can just be present in other people's lives. Oh, oh and, and, you know, and you've, you've met uh, my wife's father, and, and he couldn't have been a more jovial, happy guy yeah stuck in a scooter with yep. you know a lifetime of disability and it didn't affect his attitude at all. Oh he and, was uh, just so charming and so smart and so engaged. Yeah. And you know and, and, and still he'd be concerned. Like I'd get a call say at six o'clock in the morning, you know, and he had fallen out of bed and I'm the only person that could get over there to to help pick him up and get him into his scooter or get him back in bed. And as I said, well, when did this happen? He said, oh, 3 o'clock. I, I go, call me at 3 o'clock. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't want to bother you. It's like, what, you're laying on the floor for three hours because you didn't want to bother me. Call me. But And then maybe that's a different generation, too, because we've often talked about how your mother and my mother would be very much, well, I don't want to put you out. You know, it's like, Mom, <laughs> you know, I can come help you. I can come help you. And he was like that. Yeah, that is a little bit of that generation. They don't want to. Exactly what you said, Patrick. They don't want to put anybody out. But it's more frustrating for us to find out that they were laying on the floor since 3 a.m. So word yeah. to any person out there, if you are in trouble, call right away. Yeah, not necessarily Bill or myself. No, no, no not us. I'm not saying us. <laughs> <laughs> call somebody you know that can get over there. Right. Yeah, yeah. But Patrick, nice. thanks so much for doing the show. Um, and I uh, look forward to the next time we get a chance to chat, which is probably tomorrow. Yep. All right. Sounds great. See you All later. Right. Patrick Albany's been my guest. Get things started on a Monday, and then we're going to turn to the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. That's all coming up next. Be back in a minute. Let's get it started. 
And it is Monday. It's still Monday. It started Monday. It still is Monday. And, of course, now it's time for the Monday afternoon mix with Miles, Arnold, and Maxwell. Yes. Hello, team. Hello. <clears throat> hey, Bill. Hey, Hi, Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. How Look you at doing? This. It's like nothing's changed. <laughs> yeah, except everything is crazy. And everything is different. <laughs> and everything is different. But that's all right. Yeah. Because the things that always stay the same, you know, are the constants, which we appreciate and love. Yes, Jesus is the same yesterday, yesterday today, today, and forever, and ever, yeah. and ever, and ever. Is that like the, the digital affecting? Go ever and ever and ever. <laughs> nice reverb. There you go. <laughs> so, Pastor David Miles, what do you have for us today? Well, to get things started. Well, you know, on the Monday afternoon mix, we are always about the Word of God. Yes, we are. And, you know, keeping things in perspective. And so, you know, I don't know. I think there's been a couple things that have happened in the last week or so, right? Well, to say the least, but we don't know exactly uh, uh, what you're talking about. Well, the sun has come up and the sun has set. You know, actually, I had someone who who had asked me um, on basically Wednesday. You know, we were having we have our staff devotion and we were having a, a staff meeting. And was asking, and actually for the election day that has been, you know, national and international news, um, I had spent the day really just, you know, praying and then soaking up in Romans chapter 12. Ooh. And so that had been just my rich time. And I got up in the morning and went for a nice walk. And it's amazing when it's like, you know, four o'clock in the morning and you're out walking and the stars are so beautiful. You know, you can see Orion's belt. You can see the Big Dipper. The moon was out. Where do you live? I live north of the Elm <laughs> Creek Preserve. I'm about to say. I don't Where see, do you live? Well, I live, yeah. But Are you I don't downtown? See, well, maybe, no, I'm not downtown. I just, when I, I don't, I'm not out at four in the morning seeing the Big Dipper, so. Well, that's one of the, the nice things is that it's, you know, the world is quiet. Yes, it is. And it is. I mean, like, as Dr. King said, you know, it's only when it's darkest can you see the stars. And like, that's true. That's a great time. Same with like late evening, you yeah. know, walks around the neighborhood. So, so what's, what do you have out of chapter Romans chapter 12 for us? Well, it was going back to the, the very beginning. Um, if I can, you know, make a, a neat little um, shameless plug. So there's this wonderful gathering called the set apart conference. And uh, that's going to be coming up. I believe it's been, you know, 39 years that uh, KTIS has been doing this women's conference. And uh, super excited. And Angela Smith, who's on the uh, the core team, was just in here just a moment ago. So it was great to see her. And just a number of people have been praying for this. I believe the speaker this year is going to be Pam Tebow. But there's a number of people, our own Peter Kapsner, who's going to do a workshop. Um, so ladies, just want to encourage you guys. Uh, to be looking at that. It's called Hope, Peace, and Joy. What timely things at this time in history. Uh, so the, the text was Romans 12, 9 through 21. But the driving force of Romans 12, 9, and 21, it goes back earlier to a well-known verse. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And it's that one phrase there, I appeal to you by the mercies of God. And so 
that therefore basically looks back over chapter 1 through 11, and it's just kind of Paul saying, therefore, in light of all of these things that we just have shared, I, I want to urge you to present yourselves as living sacrifices. And I think one of the things that's important, not only in this last week, but just at any time at all, is when we forget God's mercies towards us, you know, we we really have not grasped the depth and richness of the gospel. You know, again, I would agree. Again, that statement, like with that um, that I've shared, and and you know, even others have shared that you know, you'll never have to forgive a fallen and imperfect person. You know, then a holy and perfect God has forgiven you, and that would have been the moment you woke up, and definitely through your morning drive time, and maybe right now through your evening drive time. So, you know, God has been so merciful, and this text goes on to unpack how God in his grace, Paul goes, by the grace given to me, I say to every everyone among you, not to think of himself or herself more highly than they ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. And so um, part of that goes back to chapter two about not being conformed to this age, and the word there is used for this pattern of this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if you're stressed right now, let me encourage you to dig all the more deeply into God's word. And even as we talk about um, here uh, with the students in our spiritual formation classes here at uh, Northwestern, uh, there's a spiritual discipline called meditating, you know, meditation, just meditating on God's word. And scripture talks about this a lot in the Psalms, about meditating on God's God's word. And so actually my Tuesday was that. And it was actually a very peaceful Tuesday. I woke up Wednesday, same thing. And, you know, the reality is no matter what happens, as as um as our youth pastor asked me, he said, he said, Hey PDM, he goes, How you doing? I said, I'm doing good. And he's like, Well, he goes, with the election and everything, you know, so what are you thinking? And I said, Well, none of this changes the mission that God's called me to which is to glorify him and make disciples uh, and to serve his purposes in our generations, Acts 13.36. So it doesn't matter, like, what happens. That doesn't change the mission that God has given the church. And so that's regardless of whether we're here in the United States, in Australia, in Nepal, wherever the body of Christ is at, we're called to be about God's mission. Hmm. Miss Rebecca? I say Amen. Okay. Say amen to that. <laughs> and and I don't know what it is that we, is it just a distraction thing where we get caught up in our circumstances and we forget um, maybe our overall mission or matters of eternity? What do you think? Is it is it something as simple as needing to stay in the word more? Because I know an awful lot of faithful Christians who are, who are committed to, you know, to their relationship with God, to their spiritual disciplines, to just about everything that you were talking about, um, Dave, and yet they're still feeling this sense of unsettledness, this sense of anxiety. Um, maybe speak to what could be causing that if it does seem like we are doing um, what we should be doing. And do we talk about anxiety as it relates to uh, what's going on in each person's individual life. I mean, certainly our country has been under anxiety since the COVID and the shutdown and everything else. So there's been all kinds of reasons to have 
anxiety, especially because we're very disconnected. We're not as connected as we once were. Yeah, we're not. And, you know, I, I like to tell people, you know, every, you know, people like to hop on Facebook. And the reality is that God is already giving you Facebook. It's you putting your face in his book. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it says about not being conformed to this world, but being transformed. And it's, you know, when, when COVID first happened, one of the first things that, you know, I felt led to do was just to grab a number of my Bibles, open them up and just start with a new Bible that I had, um, just going through and looking at my old Cambridge wide margin that my wife gave me on our first uh, Christmas together after we got married, the chronological study Bible and my old ESV preaching Bible. And just going through and looking at the notes over these last 20 years. And again, was it, it brought perspective to see how God is, has been at work. And I, I know for, for a number of people, it feels like, man, there's, there's so much like, you know, craziness going on. And, um, you know, even, with the things that have happened with the George Floyd murder, people are like, wow, you've never seen that. For people in my in my family background and those in the black community, it's like, this isn't new. I mean, like, this this has always been, you know, and this is precisely some of the things that we're talking about now were the very things that launched the Niagara Conference uh, in 1919. And the Niagara Conference, most people don't know, but they do know it as the National Association of of colored people for, for the advancement of colored people. And so, so the very same things that are happening. And so there's been a long tradition of just walking through these things. Um, Rebecca, to your question, I, I think sometimes we still are like Israel in you know, first Samuel chapter eight, you know, we're looking for a human King and, you know, we sometimes struggle with really, you know, resolving to give ourselves fully to God come what may um, we're still looking for people to protect us. And, and sometimes that can lead us to want to cause to, uh, to make treaties and to compromise and to capitulate on things. Now, that's not saying not to be involved um, in your civic responsibility. I always tell people, I want you to be involved in your civic responsibility because you're a citizen of this great nation. And at the same time, um, Philippians 3.20 says that our citizenship is in heaven. So are you as deeply concerned about your heavenly citizenship and your commitment to that kingdom of making Christ known? You know, you, one of the things that I, I love about political season being over is this. Um, you know, my belief is if we could get the body of Christ to share their faith story and the gospel, 10% as much as they talk about politics. It would just be unbelievable. The current generational and eternal impact that would happen. And, and I, I found, I, I told people before that, you know, if you want to, seriously, especially talking with other believers, regardless of what party that they're on, if you want to, see silence happen in a conversation. If someone keeps talking to you, just ask them, say, hey, Bill, when's the last time you shared the gospel of your faith with someone? And you will have silence just like that. And, and then you can say, when's the last time you had a political conversation? They'll be like, all the time. Okay, great. Can you just flip those two? Mm-hmm. And then come back and talk to me about what happened when you did that. Because we're talking about something. Yeah. Good point. I love that. That's a great challenge. 
is a very good challenge, just like David Miles to bring a really good challenge to all of us. Yeah, I think, you know, Psalm 131 um, was a really neat passage because in this, you find the psalmist, and in my chronological study Bible, they actually put these at the end of David's life because it was kind of hard to give exact um, dates and times for some of the psalms. Other ones you can, um, but it was interesting because it says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. And then he he comes to that part that lets it happen. He says, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. So we can't do anything about um, yesterday or even our reactions this morning to all of this, but the psalmist says, hope in the Lord from this time 444 Central Standard Time, 554 for our friends out in Hartford. But from this moment forward, hope in the Lord and and let yourself rest in that. Say, God, I can't do anything about the other stuff, but God, help me right now to hope in you. Help me, help me to rest in you right now. Good words. All right, I think we'll take a little break. This is the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. We'll be right back. Especially like when the, sun, when the sun's going down a little bit later and you have that smooth jazz going on and you can like, you know, see out the window and, and things like that. But we have a we have a special guest with us today and I just want to let him to be able to say hi. This is my youngest son, Jaden. Jaden, how are you doing? Good. How, how's, uh, how's life been in this whole distance learning and school stuff for you? Really fun, sometimes fun. Sometimes fun. You miss seeing your friends on a regular basis? Yep. Yeah. Kind of like this show. Sometimes fun, sometimes not kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you what are you looking forward to to the holidays, bud? Uh, I don't know. Seeing grandpa and grandma? Yeah. Seeing your cousins. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Playing in the snow. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Mm. Yeah, that's sweet. Well, super glad to have you here and get no to kidding. hang out with no the gang and everything. And Brings up an interesting point, David. You said the holidays are coming. Oh, yes. The holidays are coming. And, you know, one of the things with holidays is that uh, sometimes they're not always so happy. Um, you know, and one of my very, very closest friends from Ohio, who's a police captain, um, he and I used to talk about this. He would share that. When the holidays come around, there's actually an increase in the number of police calls, you know, mm. and talking with a number of other friends and family because there's more domestic issues that are going on. And why is that? Because there's a, there's a, a lack of harmony um, that's, that's happening. And, you know, one of the things is that God does want to call us to harmony. He does want to call us to unity. And skipping down a couple 
chapters in in Psalm one thirty three, it actually opens up with these words saying, "Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like precious oil on the heads, running down on the beard." On the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes, it is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. You know, and there's, there's, a, there's an important need uh, for unity. And there's an important need uh, because Jesus prayed, you know, the world would know you by the love that you have for one another. And one of the things in this whole Romans 9 thing that's really fascinating is Romans 12, 9 says, you know, love must be uh, sincere. The flip of it, the actual, in the original, it actually says that it, it should be not hypocritical, um, you know. And so that's, that's a key part to, to love, you know, that it not being hypocritical. And even that when we see kind of incongruency. So this is where we need the power of the gospel to be at work um, because not everyone's like feeling this right now. And, you know, I was, I ended up getting, um, someone had shot me an article from Leonard Pence on Yahoo News and it was basically something like, you know, blacks are supposed to reconcile with Trump supporters. And he wrote, nah, not this time, you first. And he just talked about this long history. And he said, you know, oftentimes people are asked to do that. And he said, I've been, he goes, I love this country. And he goes, I'm viewing the moment through the prism as an African-American man who has been a student of history. And one thing the prism has impressed on me is how often this country has sold out people of color in the name of supposed greater good. And he goes through this whole historical thing. He goes, you know, in the founding, when the condemnation of slavery was removed from the Declaration of Independence to appease Southern colonies. And then in 1877, when Rutherford B. Hayes won the president in a disputed election after striking a backroom deal to withdraw from the South federal troops. And then in the 20th century, when the Senate refused to pass anti-lynching legislation for fear of angering the South, in 1961, when Robert Kennedy agreed to illegal arrest of freedom riders in Mississippi, and then in 1964, when President Lyndon Johnson blocked a racially mixed delegation from being seated at the Democratic Convention. And he goes on to say, now in this year, you have the great-great-grandsons of slaves expected and the name of supposedly good to seek reconciliations with followers of the one of the most flagrant racist, not to mention misogynistic, xenophobic, and Islamophobic presidents. And he said, in a word, no. In another word, enough. And so understanding that this is where some people, not all, there's people who feel this dichotomy in our country right now, and it's real. And we don't necessarily get to call the perception of what it is. And I highlight this because I know for some people, your your blood your blood probably just went up a whole bunch. That's not the point of this. The point of this is it's very human for us to be upset and to be divided. It literally, this is why we say, it is only going to be through the gospel of Jesus Christ, causing us to love one another, as Romans nine says, in a agape, godlike love that is going to make it possible to bring this nation together, or even more so the church, because God's desire is that we have unity. How pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. 
And Jesus said, listen, the world will you will know that you're my disciple by the love that you have for one another. And it goes on to say, Jesus, pray that we would be one, John 17, so that, purpose clause, that the world would know and that the world would believe. And so at this moment, there's a part of us that has to lay down allegiances to everything except for Jesus Christ. And that, that's a hard pill to swallow. And you know what? For, for many people, because our identity is in so many other things, that's true. But outside of Jesus doing this, brothers and sisters, there's not a chance. And God has called us as the church to be the people of God in this moment. And for, for all of us, laying down our crosses might be laying down a whole bunch of different things to pick up and say with one voice, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. You know, uh, the cross before me, the world behind me. We, we've sang these songs all of our lives. And as the old folks used to say, it's, it's going to be time for us to put shoe leather to it. And it's not going to be for anything other than saying, God, we want you to be glorified above all things, above all things. And that's going to be watching the body of Christ come together in a unity that Jesus shed his blood for among the most ultimate thing, which is God's glory alone. There is a pause, Rebecca. <laughs> I can give an amen, especially to that last that last thought, um, Dave. I know that there are a lot of emotions that many people are feeling um, just over this, well, over the year, really. I mean, 2020 is the year people want a refund for. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> yes, uh, this is the time in which God has placed us. And I think that's the thought that I've kept coming back to, uh, you know, through all the uncertainty and and looking at maps and looking at the blogosphere and just wondering what the future is going to hold. And we say we trust God and, and we believe in the kingship, the lordship of the one true king. And yet sometimes, like you mentioned, that can be hard to live out. So as we look at uniting in, in unity with one another, I, I agree that has to be the place that it starts. And yet there are people with whom we're going to have these staunch um, issues. We're going to be still having to deal with some of the fallout of these divisions. And then that, I believe, is where Christ's example of to how to treat our, our enemies comes in. Uh, because not only are we to love one another and become one right. as the body of Christ, then even if there's someone that has been an enemy in whatever sense— uh, comes along, now we are to selflessly love our enemies. And I think we get so caught up in identifying who's our enemy and who's our friend that we can sometimes forget to love them. And like you said, that has to be done from a sincere place. That's something that I believe can truly only be done long-term with the spirit of Christ. Absolutely. Because it doesn't feel good. That's that's not what we want to do. It may be exactly the opposite of what we want to do. And yet God has placed each and every one of us exactly where we are 
for such a time as this. That doesn't necessarily mean it always feels right or feels comfortable for us at the time. But if there are ways that we can unite with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, absolutely, that can be found. That is the foundation. And then for everyone else, we're still called to love them. If they've made themselves, you know, kind of set themselves up in opposition, then we love our enemies too. Yeah. And that's the beauty part of this whole Romans 12, 9 through 21, you know, verses 9 through 13 deal with loving people who are in the family. And 14 through 21 actually deals with loving those who persecute you. And 14 opens up with this word, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. That word bless is the word we get eulogy from. And listen, in a couple of weeks, it's going to be the three-year anniversary since my mom went home to be with the Lord. And I had the privilege of speaking um, at her homegoing service. She asked me to do so along with her brother. And, you know, think of the cognitive dissonance in the mind when you say, here's someone I love so much, and I want to speak, eulogy means a good word for that person. And then Paul's saying, yeah, but I want you to speak a good word for your enemy, for the person who's literally persecuting you. And uh, Pastor Matthew St. John from New Hope Church, he had said this, you know, the other day, just the the... The reality that, that God was calling us not to call people, you know, all these different terms, but to, to bless them. And so do that in the power of Christ. Amen to that. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor David Miles, Rebecca Maxwell. It's always a delight for the Monday afternoon mix. That wraps up uh, our segment. We're going to take a little break. We'll be back with Hour 2. Can hardly wait. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.